Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Make sure to go to timcast.com. Click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do. And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from Timcast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. On December 13th, 2024, Taylor Swift will turn 35 years old, making her eligible to assume the office of the presidency of the United States. Now, many people are commenting that she could not possibly be running this year. That's right, Taylor Swift, because she's only 34. In fact, you can run if you are 34, if by the time of inauguration, you would be 35. Now, of course, no, it's silly and absurd to think that Taylor Swift would actually run for the presidency, but maybe vice president, right? Same standard, standards apply. If you're going to be vice president, you got to be at least 35 for the same reason. You can't assume the office of the presidency if you are under 35. Now, not, it's not so clear on the, uh, I'm not so clear on the legal uh, qualification requirements, et cetera, for vice president. But I assume, I believe it is the same based on a report we had uh, covered a couple of years ago. The Baltimore Sun writes, forget Kamala Harris, put Taylor Swift on Joe Biden's ticket. Very interesting. Now, those who follow sports last night, I think the Chiefs beat the Ravens and are advancing to the Super Bowl with many people questioning how Taylor Swift could actually be there to see her, her, her beau, boo, beau, Travis Kelsey, because she's going to be in Japan singing a song. Of course, this leads us to the expansion of the wild claim that Taylor Swift is a psyop, a government asset of some sort meant to manipulate people. And why is that? The whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing feels completely manufactured. And Taylor Swift keeps telling people to register to vote. I got to be honest with you. I want to read through some of the wild claims and the crazy things that are going on related to Taylor Swift. And it is pretty crazy. X has banned all searches for Taylor Swift, all of them. And they say it's because people keep posting this AI generated graphic imagery. What a perfect cover. Anybody who wants to explore the CIA conspiracy theory that's going around, won't be able to. Because due to some online trolls using AI, well, now you can't even search for anything about Taylor Swift. I'll be honest with you guys. I do not believe that Taylor Swift is some like CIA asset. I don't believe she's actually going to run for president. I don't believe she's going to be the VP on a Michelle Obama Taylor Swift ticket or anything like that. I think this is your typical celebrity play relationship garbage. I do not believe that her relationship with Travis Kelsey is legitimate. I think they do this all the time. Okay, you've got the Chiefs. They're playing football. They've got some, you know, an athlete they're trying to promote to build a brand. Taylor Swift, of course, one of the most famous people in the world. They go to her and they say, we we PR people think it'll be huge for your brand. It'll get you on the cover of magazines. It'll get football in play. We got the Super Bowl coming up. 
let's put you guys together and craft this narrative. You'll break up within the year. That is very typical. Now, I'm not saying I know absolutely that's what's going on with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but that seems to be the likeliest of scenarios because it just doesn't feel organic. I know a lot of people are saying this feels like a psyop, and I'm like, dude, when I see this stuff, my mind doesn't immediately go to the CIA has put them into a relationship so that she can get you to register to vote. She doesn't need to be in a relationship with the guy to tell you to register to vote. Taylor Swift has already told her fans to vote. She's already supported Democrats in the past. She doesn't need anything else to do so. Perhaps then the conspiracy theory is that she's going to be with Travis Kelsey at the Super Bowl. Kelsey will score the game winning touchdown. And as he runs into the end zone, putting the game to the end, finishing it off. And they'll say, there it is. Travis Kelsey has scored the game winning touchdown. I know there's it's, it's not so much like um, basketball where you can like throw the ball at the last minute score and then it's over. You know, it, it uh, wild game with LeBron uh, this weekend. Was that was that? Uh, yeah, that was Saturday. But with football, it's not just it, it could be definitive. That's it. With that touchdown, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And then once he gets to the end zone, he drops down puts the ball on the ground, looks up to where Taylor is sitting, and he pulls out a ring, and he opens up. And the crowd goes wild. Ah! Everyone's screaming. Everyone's turning on their TVs. The ratings are through the roof. It is PR gold, if you were to do something like that. Some have suggested the, the trophy ceremony or something like this. He may do it. But uh, during the game at the, at the Super Bowl really seems to be the perfect play. But the perfect play for what? Now, a lot of people think that the goal is to generate such mass appeal and attention for Taylor Swift that when she then turns around and goes, now go vote for Joe Biden, everyone in the country sees it and they all clap and cheer and scream and high five each other. Come on, that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't, I don't, look, I don't know what you expect to happen with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but the best case scenario for whoever is behind the PR stuff is that they just build brand and get on the cover of magazines. That's it. They can charge more money now. They can go to big brands and say, hey, my rates went up 10 times. Travis Kelsey now can get on the box of Wheaties or whatever. I don't see how this in any way is going to help registered Democrat voters. Taylor Swift already has her core friends. But get this. It's not enough. Let's read through the news. Let's talk about what's going on. And uh, there's a few things I do want to point out. I love this story from the, from the Sun. NFL fans convinced TV station has leaked Super Bowl teams after spotting script in live broadcast. So apparently they had, look at this, on this uh, local news website, it said, Reuben McIntyre, Usher, and Post Malone are slated to perform at San Francisco 49ers and Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl matchup February 11th. Everyone thought it's rigged. This proves it. The Ravens are advancing and the games are meaningless. I Rigged? Yeah, I think, honestly, I would not be surprised if a lot of these were actually rigged. But I'll tell you what actually happened with that story. News outlets probably had pre-written script so that in the event the Ravens win, press one. In the event the Chiefs win, press two. And so the guy working in the in the back room, they've got the graphics already made up. They want to have the stories ready to go because you know there's going to be only one of two outcomes. So they say, okay, in the event this, the, you know, the Ravens win, we want to be able to nail that story first. So they have it pre-written. And then they wait. What happens is they, they do this with obituaries, too. It's funny. What happens then is some guy working presses the wrong button. It pops up on the screen. And they're like, that proves it. 
I love when this happens with um, like voting numbers. They're like, they released the voting numbers early. And it's like, dude, they're pre-written graphics. The numbers will change. They're making their graphics in advance. That's how it works. Let me let me talk to you guys about the Taylor Swift conspiracy theory, and then we'll go through all of the weird goings on. And then you can decide whether you're not whether or not you think there's going to be some weird uh, thing. I'll tell you what I think. Taylor Swift has this stalker who keeps trying to break into her house and they keep letting him go. And I'm like, she's going to get AI banned and she's going to get tough on crime policies pushed in place. But I tell you this. Many people think Travis will get down on his knees at the Super Bowl and he will be like, Taylor, will you marry me? Would it be the funniest thing ever if she just goes like, oh, my God. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Just just no. And then walks off. That'd be like the most brutal. That'd be the best PR ever. That's not going to happen either. Here's what I tell you. You want if there really was a government psyop to try and utilize Taylor Swift to get people to vote Democrat, the easiest thing to happen is. At the Super Bowl, a big fat guy with a MAGA hat runs out and runs up and shoves her or something. I mean, I got to be honest, worse things than that. I hope Taylor Swift has great security. I wish her the best. I think Taylor's music is fun and I, I, I have no problem with pop. I think she writes good music. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she writes legendary, historic, generational music. I'm saying she writes good pop music. You get a little bump going. You know what I mean? People enjoy pop music. You're allowed to like popular things. That, that, you know, a whole other subject. But imagine a scenario where a visible Trump supporter screaming that she's working for the CIA attacks her. You want to know how to get you? I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you. I think the PSYOP is the PSYOP. <laughs> All these people on the right claiming she's a government agent is the PSYOP. Because then what happens is at the Super Bowl, it's not that there's a marriage proposal. It's that a guy in a MAGA hat runs up to the camera screaming she's working for the government and then attacks her. And then she comes out and says, I have no idea. These people are crazy. We can't let them win. You know, here's what happens. Crazy guy runs out screaming. She's a psyop. I can prove it. Blah, blah, blah. MAGA Trump attacks her. She gets scuttled away by guards. She's fine. Then everyone at the Super Bowl is watching. Think about everyone in the world is watching. Not really 20 million people, but still. You've got this big event, massive cultural impact. Taylor Swift is being pulled out by security. The game's interrupted. What's going on? Travis is losing it. He's like, these Trump guys, they're crazy. They've been screaming that she's a government agent. This has got to stop. Then Taylor Swift is given an interview, you know, a day later. And she's like, I have no idea what they're talking about. They keep claiming that these, these Trump supporters keep claiming I work for the government. I don't. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And think about what that does. You want to talk about PSYOP? PSYOP is the PSYOP. Honestly, look, man, I'll tell you this. I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl, but boy, does it feel manufactured. 
I don't think there's any guarantee. And it's funny because people online are like, at this point, I'm betting everything on the Chiefs because they think it's all a big government site. Therefore, you must bet on the Chiefs. They're going to win for that magic moment where, you know, he, Travis gets out on his knees and hands a ring to Taylor and she looks at smiles, looks at the camera and says, yes, I do. I will marry you, Travis. And I will also vote for Joe Biden this November. And you should, too. That is not going to happen. <laughs> I just think this is most likely a Wheaties box like PR campaign. That's it. Your typical PR campaign. It's what they do. They always do it. That's it. Case closed. But I warn you, this hardcore narrative stuff about her being a government agent is the perfect play for an anti-Trump narrative to claim the Trump supporters are all in a cult and all this crazy stuff. Listen, it's manufactured PR stuff. This stuff happens all the time. I I think, you know, to, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. A lot of people are concerned because Taylor Swift, a celebrity, Hollywood celebrity, is a Democrat. This means that she's working for the government. Dude, Hollywood celebrities are Democrats. They got donors. They've got cultural influence. People go to them and say, here's who we want you to support. Casey Neistat endorsed Hillary Clinton in 2016. He said he regretted it later. They go to celebrities. They go to high profile people and say, hey, how much do you want to endorse? And they go, I don't know. Sure, I guess. They don't know much about politics. They don't care. But I warn you again. What do you think happens in two weeks if some fat MAGA guy with a Trump hat on runs into the Super Bowl screaming, she's a CIA agent, and then, you know, attacks her? Oh, man. You want to talk about riling people up? There, there, I don't see a path forward that benefits Trump supporters in any way. Let's play this game. You, uh, let, me, let me pull up some tweets for you guys. End wokeness said, what's happening with Taylor Swift is not organic and natural. It's an op. We all feel it. We all know it. Yes, it is an op. I completely agree. A PR opportunity from publicists who got together and said, what's the next celebrity relationship thing we can do? It's what they do. They'll be, you know, Benefer, and they're going to do like, you know, uh, 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 Tavis or, you know, Kel Swift or whatever. Kel Swift, that's what they'll call it. They put their names together. And they make a big Hollywood PR stunt. Why is Taylor on the cover of a bunch of magazines? She sells magazines. That's really it. All of these, all these magazines with Taylor Swift they're showing you, this is specifically them putting all the Taylor Swift magazines together. But if you go to a store, you'll see there's tons of magazines and she may be the most frequently appearing person on the magazines. This magazine rack is them putting them all together. Why is Taylor Swift on the cover of a bunch of magazines? Because she's extremely famous. She sells out stadiums with like 90,000 people. And these, th- these magazine companies are dying and want people to buy their magazines. Taylor Swift fans will buy all of them. And then you see like here she is watching football. Here she is hug- hugging uh, Travis Kelsey. Whatever, man. Maybe they're really in love. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the point. You know, look, here's, here's my point, right? Let me show you some more. I, I love this one so much. I love this. This is green line theory. Uh. Rivalino says, leaning in plus face claw, this is not going to last, green line theory. So the green line theory is that men who are leaning into the woman are expressing more interest in her and the women are expressing less interest in him. This is actually a true thing, a real thing. I don't know if these photos are proof of anything, but it is true. If a guy is leaning into a woman and she is not, then you can see the interest imbalance typically, not always. That's what I'm saying. A single photo doesn't mean anything, but it is true. If there is a, a woman leaning away from the man, these things do matter. In psychology and evolutionary psychology, 
These are natural things. Scientists find that men point their shoulders towards women they're interested in and women lean their hips towards men they're interested in. If a woman is leaning away from the man, that is a, a, a simple sign. It's not an absolute thing, though. Sometimes maybe he farted and she's like, oh, you know, that one was a little rough for me, but she still loves him. I don't know. Who knows? But I love these memes. So here's my question for all of you. All right. As the Super Bowl is, is fast approaching, I am very excited. I love Super Bowl parties. I don't watch, I don't watch football uh, uh, all that often. A few, few times a year, it's, I'm not super big into it, but the Super Bowl is fun. It's fun because you have a party and, you know, you play cornhole and you know, poker games and everyone gets food. It's, it's a good time. It's a celebration, right? And uh, uh, yeah, anyway, I digress. What is the benefit right now for the deep state, for the CA, for whoever, with this relationship? What is the point? What do they gain from it? Honest question. You've got all these uh, uh, stories about Taylor Swift being a psyop. Here's one. Taylor Swift is not a Pentagon psyop, says U.S. Department of Defense. What is the benefit that the Democrats receive? Let me see if I can. Um, where's the story I pulled up? I love this one. Make Taylor put Taylor Swift on Joe Biden's uh, ticket. I've got a. Where we go? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Taylor Swift Instagram post helped drive a surge in voter registration. If Taylor Swift is a psyop, there's nothing you can do about it but speak out against Democrats. Here's from NPR. On Tuesday morning, this is from uh, September 22nd, 2023, Taylor Swift posted a message telling people to register to vote. 272 million followers. Afterward, the website directed her fans to vote.org, and they recorded more than 35,000 registrations. That's it. Now, they says a 23% jump. The number of 18-year-olds registered was more than double in 2022. Highly encouraging sign, blah, blah, blah. First of all, 35,000 registrations did not all come from Taylor Swift, but the majority probably did. So, you know, you can shave down maybe a thousand voter registrations or a couple thousand. They say, actually, a 23% jump. Okay. Well, there you know. Let's actually play that game. How many votes did Taylor Swift actually drive? If they're saying it's a 23% jump, then my friends, we can quite literally say it's about eight to 9,000 people registered to vote when Taylor Swift posted on Instagram to 272 million people. Now, unless all those people live in Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, or Georgia, I don't think that matters at all. She might come out and be like, I'm Taylor Swift, be like me. And a lot of people, a lot of the, her fans are going to be like, yeah, and then not do anything. You see this with youth vote all the time. So what is the fear of a government type involving Taylor Swift? She has no political influence at all. I'll tell you. The real PSYOP is the PSYOP. Again, I'm not literally saying it. I'm saying the risk is greater to those going after Taylor Swift for going after Taylor Swift than Taylor Swift ever posed on her own politically. That is to say, Taylor Swift posting go vote does almost nothing. 8,000 people, but some fat MAGA guy attacking her does a lot. And with this narrative that people keep pushing that she's a government agent, you are setting up the false flag opportunity perfectly. And then what happens is at the Super Bowl, when MAGA guy, and I'm not saying it's a real MAGA guy, I'm saying they could false flag this goes, she's with the government. They, they run, run her out. She's screaming. Travis is losing it. The Chiefs lose the Super Bowl. Let me, let, let, let's go nuts with this one. Imagine a scenario 
where a guy runs out in the field screaming, ranting, and then somehow attacks Taylor Swift. She's sitting there like with Travis and she's or she's probably going to be in a box up top or something. Let's say like you hear crazy scuffling, a window breaks, people are running, there's glass flying, security guards grabbing a guy who's screaming, wearing a Trump hat, being like, she's a CIA and they're trying to coup or something. Talk about the biggest opportunity for a spectacle. Travis loses his mind, runs up full speed. People are holding him back. He's out of the game. The game's delayed. What's happening? Afterwards, the Chiefs lose. And they're like, oh, no, Chiefs lose. Tons of people lose. Huge bets they made. Taylor Swift is shaken up saying, I don't understand. I can't do this. Travis says, I couldn't get it, man. These Trump guys, they, they, they come in and I, I'm just out of the game. I, the only thing I care about is her up there. I don't, this is, you know, I love you guys. I love the Super Bowl, but I can't do this. She comes out the next day and she's like, the Trump supporters are dangerous. That's, that's a vulnerability. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. My point is this. Everyone's screaming Taylor Swift PSYOP doesn't do anything. Because in the end, if she comes out and posts, go vote, it has almost no impact as it is. But if there really was a PSYOP, then the PSYOP would be to false flag attack Taylor Swift using the fear of a PSYOP. That being said, I'll tell you what's really wild. What gets me conspiratorial is this post from the Daily Mail. X is forced to ban all searches for Taylor Swift five days after vile graphic AI pictures emerged on the platform. Now that's funny. Heck of a coincidence. Just before the Super Bowl, you cannot search for Taylor Swift? (laughs) Whatever, man. Occam's razor, I always say. The simple solution tends to be the correct one. And uh, the reality is celebrities do celebrity, celebrity relationships all the time. I don't see a reason for everyone to think there's a psyop with Taylor Swift about the government. I just don't get it. I really don't. And and furthermore, I've been warning this too. Don't go to war with Taylor Swift. Why? Because she told people to vote for Joe Biden in 2020. I'm like, okay, a lot of people do. What you got to do right now is you got to, you got to, you got to learn how to play the game, man. You got to learn how to play the game. Let me tell you, Taylor Swift attacked George Soros in 2019. Like, online, not physically. That'd be wild though. (laughs) Because the Soros family and a few people bought the rights to her music screwing her over. Now you've got all these people claiming it's a psyop and she's working for George Soros because he owns the right to her music. The whole scandal among Taylor Swift's fans was that she had to re-record everything and re-release it because she owns the right to the, to the art, but not the recordings. So she need to re, she has to remake the recordings. In other words, The opportunity you have and whatever this is, is to when you talk to Taylor Swift fans, say, remember when the Soros family, like they stole her music and then she had to re-record everything? Man, that was messed up, wasn't it? And her fans are going to say yes and be like, I don't know. I don't trust those people. Like they tried stealing her music. Don't trust them. There you go. You Taylor Swift has given. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You 
an open door. She's unlocked the door to where you can go to young people and say, the Soros family are, are involved in bad stuff, man. We don't like them. Taylor Swift is right. You're not going to convince them to go against what she's posting, which says vote for Joe Biden. Fine. But only 8,000 people registered to vote. Whatever. Who cares? Now, sure, maybe many more would literally just go vote because they're already registered. But yo, you mean to tell me out of 272 million people, she only convinced 8,000 to actually do anything? Psyop. Who cares? Guys, win on the merit. That's what it's all about. I don't see any benefit to going around claiming Taylor Swift is a psyop. I see massive benefit to going around claiming George Soros screwed over Taylor Swift. It's, it's wild to me. And I'm like, this is why the right loses a lot. Because you got high profile Trump supporting personalities being like, Taylor Swift is bad over and over and over again. And I'm like, guys, look, I tell you this all the time because I used to do nonprofit fundraising. Okay. You do not approach someone as your enemy. You'll never sell them on your cause. So when I'm walking up to someone on the street and I'm being like, hello, we'd like to save the rainforest. The last thing you do Let's see, there's a guy walking, he's carrying a Starbucks cup, and you're trying to raise money for your nonprofit. You go, hey, man, you can't, you're, you're polluting that disgusting plastic and garbage that you got there. Starbucks is a terrible corporate. You get over here, you give me money. They're going to basically get, the, get away from me. What are you doing? You're yelling at me. The first thing you need to know, know is rapport. The first step in any sale is rapport. Are you safe? So what they train you to do at these nonprofits is to open your arms up, keep your legs spread and look inviting because when you cover your chest, it's a defensive stance to protect your your soft inner and underbelly from your enemies. So if you're open, you're like, I am not a threat and I don't fear you. The advice that I always give people, you want to act like the person you're approaching and you want to approach people who act like you. So if there's a guy in a business suit who's a busy businessman going to a business meeting and you walk up to him and you say like, yo, what up, dude? We're here to save the rain. He's going to get away from me. But if you approach him, walk up to him, shake his hand and say, two minutes of your time, I need your help. We love this planet. You love this planet. You're a good guy doing good work and I know it. You're working really hard every day to make sure you've got a better future for yourself, your friends and your family. But understand outside of your job, there is a, a catastrophe happening in our forest that's resulting in carbon emissions and blah, blah, blah. That's how you do it. And the guy says, I'm listening. What's the pitch? My friend, 20 bucks a month, set it aside. You go back to work, you do good, you do right, but know that we'll be working on your behalf to clean up the rest of this planet. And then he's like, sign me up. I got a minute, go quick. You see a hippy dippy guy? You go, my friend, my brother, fist bump. Listen, I know you're chilling. You're having a good go, but you know, that's how you do it. I'm not saying, you know, I used to do that nonprofit stuff. My point here is this, simply put, you see a Taylor Swift fan, you should say, I love Taylor Swift. That's what you should be saying. That's right. But people get into this mindset of like, no, because she said vote Democrat, dude. Even if, look, rapport is the first step in sales. And if you fear she's going to pitch people on Joe Biden, then you need to rapport. Then, uh, then it's the, the, like, it's been so long, but it's basically the rapport is the first step. Identifying yourself you give people the conflict and you give them the solution. So in this instance, you say something like, you meet someone who's got Taylor Swift, you'd be like, oh, Taylor Swift. And be like, yeah, I love her music, man. Pop stuff. Uh, a pop, like she's, she's, she's legendary. Okay. Best pop singer. It's amazing. Her, her rise, uh, her, her transformation, the, the, the amount of songs she's written that have just like reached billions of views. There's nobody like her. 
And then you're talking, so you're talking, to, and the Swifty is like, I know, right? You're talking like a 22, 20 year old woman, and you say, Isn't it crazy how she re releases her own music and hits the charts again? That's how good it is. And they're like, Yes, I love this. I love you. We love Taylor Swift. And then you say, You know what was messed up? Dude, did you ever hear about how George, Sor- like Taylor Swift posted on Instagram about how George Soros' family stole her music? That's how good it was. And then they're like, Yeah, I saw that. Like, dude, these Soros people, man, they're dirty. They're, what are they even doing stealing from Taylor Swift? Man, they really grind my gears. And then the person's like, yeah, me too. That was messed up how they stole from Taylor. And now, you, now you're friends. You, but, but here's the truth. You guys agree. We agree. Like, why attack Taylor Swift? She, like, the sources stole her music from her. And then you say, man, I hope those people don't get any more power and win more because look what they do to others. Like you've got one of the greatest musicians of all time, Taylor Swift. And the Soros family literally stole her music. They bought out the master recordings. They overbid, thinking they'd make more money, forced Taylor to re-record everything. And you know what? She threw egg in their face when re-releasing her music. It smashed the charts. The Soros families, they're a bunch of losers. And Taylor, she proved them. Man. And did you know, too, like the Soros people are funding a whole bunch of, now you got them. Now you have the open door and Taylor provided that. So don't make an enemy of opportunity. Long story short, the Super Bowl is going to be fun. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, man. Uh, I'll leave it there. There's war happening, apparently. Uh, po- politicians are calling for bombing Iran. We'll talk about that next. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Uh, next, next segment's coming up on this channel at 1 p.m. And I will see you all then. Right now, the number one song on iTunes and Amazon is Tom McDonald featuring Ben Shapiro, the song Facts. That is F-A-C-T-S. And you should all go buy the song at factswithben.com or factsrap.com. That's I I would suggest going to uh, F-A-C-T-S-rap.com and buying the song. I'll tell you why. This is huge. This is Tom McDonald once again putting out a great song with a good message. And now he's brought in Ben Shapiro for what is one of the greatest trolls on the music industry we've ever seen. Of course, the media is absolutely losing their mind that Ben Shapiro has released a song that is beating out Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. They're pulling out all the stops to make sure that we do not support a parallel music economy. Right now, even Nicki Minaj has supported Ben Shapiro's song saying, not bad, because Ben was tweeting at her. And shout out to Nicki Minaj for congratulating Ben Shapiro. But guess what? They're coming after Nicki Minaj now. Let me tell you why it's so important. American culture is being crushed. It is being destroyed. You've got disparate cultural factions. You've got a great culture war. And you've got nothing unifying this country culturally and morally. The purpose of the parallel economy is to support companies that support your values. To make sure that when you spend money, it only goes to someone or something that is in, for the most part, in alignment with how you feel, uh, how you see the world morally. Music, of course, has become satanic, figuratively and literally. For those that are Christian or just Abrahamic in general, you take a look at Lil Nas X and it's just satanic. It is incessant, insulting of Christianity. But quite literally, it's demons and the devil and homosexuality and things like that. 
If you are not a fan of that message, and I'm not saying, again, just to only Christians, I, I'm not a big fan of the message of just do whatever you want all the time. I think responsibility is an important message as well. Then we have to build a parallel economy. So Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro collaborate on this song. And it is essentially uh, describing this, this ethos of it is what truth, uh, truth matters. Hard work matters. Don't you, you, you're, you can't be offended over everything all the time. And you can be, but there's nothing you can do about it. And I respect it. But the reality here is the most important element of this is to crush and to subvert the institutions that they are wearing like a skin suit. Right now, our once great institutions that actually mattered and explained to young people, to us, what matters to us, have been completely taken over. So we're going to take them back. And now you have Ben Shapiro in the number one spot. I want to go through the news for you, but I want to explain something first. And then I'll talk to you about why. Actually, we'll get into it. Taking over the industry is important. But my friends, let me tell you about my personal vendetta. We released a song three years ago called Will of the People. And uh, I like it. It actually did really, really well with limited marketing. And I regret not knowing how the industry worked because it would have charted much higher on Billboard. Billboard, of course, is a magazine which publishes the top, the best songs. The entire institution of music has been completely subverted and taken over. It used to be very early on songs would get released and the songs that sold the most would chart on Billboard. How many sales did you get? Radio airplay, I suppose, requests these things matter. Today, let me tell you how the music charts work and why this is so important. So you have Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, you have streaming services. And what they do is they'll say, here's the songs that were listened to the most. This is the communism of music. I really do. I, I really do mean that, right? I mean that as a figurative argument. In the olden days, let's say Ben Shapiro put out a song, he would release records, everyone would buy the records, and whoever bought the most, whoever, I'm sorry, whoever sold the most would be number one. Then things started to change. Now they say, airplay. And that's when the socialist form of music ranking started to come into play. This is, uh, I should say, uh, autocratic or corporatist is probably a better way to put it. No longer was it about, do people actually want to support you? It was about how many corporations said your song was good. It's like the New York Times bestseller list. I'm a New York Times bestseller. And it's like, yeah, well, it's an editorial list. They just decide to put you on there, even if you weren't the best, like even if you didn't sell the most. It's editorial. They choose who gets to be up there. So right now what's happening is Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald have put out a song. It has smashed the iTunes and Amazon charts, the most important charts. But the game is rigged. A few weeks ago, or I think about a month. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, a month and a half ago. I released a song with Carter Banks, Tim Cast Music, uh, Tr- uh, Trash House Records. Together again. I teamed up with the Daily Wires, Jeremy Boring and Michael Knowles. We made a cover version of a song they wrote and uh, we released it. All of you helped support that song and we sold tens of thousands of these uh, of these singles and uh, we got millions of streams and we hit number six. And I was surprised to see that we reached so low on the charts. How could this have been? This is the biggest release we've ever done. It's got more hits than anything else. Big push from the Daily Wire team from us. Marketing behind it, of course. And we were told, oh, 
Remember how we told you how we were tracking the song sales? What we didn't tell you is though is that we'll track the sales through these services, but we don't count them. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only big tech matters. If the song is purchased anywhere through any legitimate service, except iTunes and Amazon, don't count. And I think they said Bandcamp was fine too, which is funny because Bandcamp banned me for no reason. None of my songs are overtly uh, a culture war po- politics. I'm not pro-abortion or anything. Like that. My songs are literally like, I don't know. One was a love song. One's about the cycle of historical violence. No direct attacks on anybody. They banned us. So when we released this song in December and we reached number six. I'm like, that's great. I'll take it. Four out of five songs we released have charted on Billboard. And the only reason one of them, Bright Eyes, did not is because we intentionally did not go ham in the marketing department because we needed a control metric. I want to see how a song would do if we just released it. And it did decently well. 300,000 uh, hits on, uh, on streaming services and a couple thousand sales. And I was like, OK, cool. Zero promotion. Figuratively zero. There was like a little bit of like, hey, we got a song out. You can check it out. But I wanted to see how well we would do and then compare that to. Uh, so basically, as we're releasing things, we want to know what kind of marketing is most effective, et cetera. So you get the point. They told us we're not going to count this. So I'm pissed. But it is what it is. Since the release of music like uh, since the emergence of people like Tom McDonald and many others, the, the billboard charts have been doing everything in their power. It would seem to stop people from actually pushing their way up and getting recognition for for succeeding in the music industry. Based on the amount of traffic that Tom McDonald gets on his videos and the sales, he should be hitting Billboard every single time. But he's not. How could that be? There's always some issue here. Here's where we're at right now. Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro release a song. It is number one in sales in iTunes and Amazon. And now the response we're getting, it doesn't even matter anyway. I mean, they don't register at all on Amazon Music or, or any of the streaming platforms. And streaming platforms are all that matter. Wrong. That's the lie. And that's how they're trying to trick you. And I can prove it. I can prove it, my friends. First, let me give you a very simple statement. If a celebrity with millions of fans could sell for cold, hard cash up front a song, why wouldn't they do it? Taylor Swift. I believe that Taylor Swift could command a lot of sales if she tried. Perhaps. I don't think she would sell nearly as much as people expect, and I think it would be embarrassing, and that's why they avoid doing it. Let me show you the iTunes charts. Ben Shapiro's number one. Bigfoot Nicki Minaj, number two. Megan The Stallion, number three. Nicki Minaj, number four. Justin Timberlake is five. Britney Spears is six. These lists all make sense. Here's the truth. I believe that if Taylor Swift came out right now to all of her fans and said, go buy my song, they wouldn't. I have the metrics to prove it. They wouldn't do it. What would happen then is the facade would be ripped asunder. People would say, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Taylor Swift has 272 million followers on Instagram. How did she not sell a million singles when she said, buy my song? It's fake. 
I think it's fake. I really do. I've got proof. I've got hard data to prove it. And, uh, you know, and, and it's questionable by all means. I think Taylor would sell a lot. I do. But I think the reality is they can't command the sales. They want to pretend they could. So they default, they divert to streaming platforms. I'll tell you why. There's something called DSPs, digital streaming playlists. Now, let me ask you, when you turn on your streaming service or whatever, how do you do it? Some people have playlists where they list a bunch of songs they like and they put in their playlists for sure. A lot of people just shuffle. A lot of people just radio. So for me, I have a handful of bands that I like. And what I like doing on Pandora, which I don't like Spotify, is I just say, here's a band I like, play songs like this. And I've discovered new music this way. How did I discover these new songs? Someone at the service decided this song should be on the list. So there's a really interesting circumstance that we experience here at Trash House Records, which is our record label. Despite the fact that we've had songs trending on YouTube, that we've had uh, all of our songs hit billboard charts. And I'm not talking about sales. I'm talking about in uh, uh, rock and alternative. We've had songs charting at like 16 and 14. Why are we not on those playlists? We're starting to emerge there. I can respect that. But the reality is for someone like Taylor Swift, for Britney Spears, and uh, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this and uh, uh, maybe piss off some celebrity artists. The, the, the DSPs, here's, here, here's what happens in many circumstances. A record label will go to a streaming platform and say, we've got big celebrity. And you know people are going to be looking for that music. If you want it, you've got to include, include the rest of our catalog. Talent agencies work with art, music and actors. And they'll say to a movie, if you want our big actor, you got to put our music in your movie and things like this. So what happens is the average person opens up the app, listens, says top hits today. I get in my Tesla and I got a thing that says today's top hits. And it's got a picture of The Weeknd. I like The Weeknd. I think he makes awesome music. I'm a big fan, actually. The Weeknd is seriously one of my favorite artists. So it's no surprise he's there. He's he's huge. It will then play a bunch of songs I really don't like. And I'll be like, so I'm not going to listen to it. You know, uh, man, The Weeknd really does have a lot of really great, really great songs. But then it'll play stuff I've never heard of from bands with no followings. There's one song I did like. And there were music outlets writing about this guy. I'm not going to name. He had one hit song I really do like. And he had a thousand followers. And I'm like, how did this song get on the playlists and actually become like a charting single? It's fake. So when Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald hit number one, that's the only real metric there is. Because I will say it one more time before I drop these numbers on you and prove it. I I approve it's a strong, provide my evidence to the argument that I am correct, which I think there are counter arguments. If Taylor Swift could sell her song to 272 million people for $1.29 and take $400 million after a cut, 350 or whatever, for one song, she would do it. No question. No question at all. You've got 272 million followers. You say, go buy my song. Let's say only 10% bought the song for $1.29. Let's say 99 cents. You mean to tell me she wouldn't be like, I got a new song dropping today. Buy it and take $30 million. Taylor Swift complained about George Soros's family, the Soros family, buying the rights to her music for 300 million. And she's like, that's ridiculous. It's not worth that much. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean you could not convince? And here's the argument. Well, because of the streaming platforms, people won't buy the music anymore. Why buy a song for a dollar when you can go on the streaming platform? Okay, okay. Fair point. No, no, I, I hear you. Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro can sell their songs. So whoop de frickin' do. You do not command the influence of Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald. Now, perhaps if Taylor Swift, let's, I'll make this argument right now. Let's say Taylor Swift goes and says, everyone buy my song. Let's say out of her 272 million people, only 1 million are core Swifties. We're going to buy that song for a dollar. One song, a million bucks cash in her pocket. And she says no to that. BS. BS. Because of how many songs she has, she could say, buy my album for 10 bucks and make $10 million off the core 1 million fans she has. The reality is she would not sell that much. Albums still sell. Songs still sell. There are artists who get 100 plus thousand album sales. But that is the, that, that is, that's like, I think it's eight to 10 songs. I don't think they command this power. So what they're trying to claim is Ben Shapiro's charting doesn't matter because it's not really streaming. No one's really listening to it. Music has become random and they are trying to intentionally destroy culture. But here's here's the here's the evidence. I talked about this in an early morning segment. September 22nd, 2023, a Taylor Swift Instagram post helped drive a surge in voter registration. She told her 272 million followers to register to vote. Afterward, the website announced 35,000 registrations, an increase of 23%. That's 8,107 registrants. Let's, Let's play a game. Not every one of our fans are in the United States. So if we were to extrapolate how many people are in the US versus a global audience, which he certainly has, let's say compare 272 million to a global audience of 8 billion, and then we'll extrapolate from there. Woof substantially smaller amount of US-based audience, but it's hard to actually get the hard numbers. I think the majority of our fans are probably in the United States. I'd estimate 100 million of our followers. We could say 50, depending on how you want to play the game. Only 8,000 people actually registered to vote. Well, voter turnout is what, like half? So let's say half of her followers who are in the United States are not registered to vote. And they're mostly young people, so it's probably a little bit higher than that. She only got eight thousand people to go to a website, click a few buttons for free. Fair point. They're not fans of voting. They're fans of Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift makes great music too. I am a fan. My point is this. Yo, they don't actually command the ability to sell. They don't do it. So when Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald put out a song and say, buy it, and you do, you are proving this is actually what matters. I will say this. Let me let me pull up the Billboard Hot 100. Make a point. It's all fake. It's 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 fake in a sense, right? So right now, uh, the way Billboard works is on Friday, Ben Shapiro and Tom McDonald released their song. Billboard, uh, a company called Luminate is now tracking all of the metrics behind it. Is it on the radio? How many streams is it getting? And how many people are buying the song on iTunes and Amazon? For every song you purchase. If you buy one, if you go to, so if you go to factsrap.com and buy the song, which I think you should, I am not in any way sponsored by Ben or Tom. I'm just friends with them and I think they should win and I'm glad they are. If you buy their song, that's the equivalent to 150 streams. So that means if one 
17-year-old girl plays Taylor Swift 150 times. How, how many times is that going to be? She might listen two or three times per day over several days. On average, it's 150 people listening to that song once. You as one person buying that song is the equivalent to 150 people, people listening to that song. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me show you the Billboard Hot 100. Yes And by Ariana Grande is number one. We don't know exactly why. The metrics behind it explaining uh, how it got to number one, hard to see. When we look at the numbers, it's uh, a lot of these songs, they get tens of millions of hits. However, and, and I'll show you this. We got Lovin' on Me, Jack Harlow, Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift. She's number three. These do make sense because these people are, uh, they, they, they are culturally relevant. Teddy Swims, some of, and some of them are actually massive organic growth where someone gets really popular and kaboom, they take off. Some of these songs I've heard of, genuinely popular songs among a lot of people. I'm not saying no to that. You go down to the bottom of the list and you start getting into songs where you're like, oh, who's this guy? Who's that guy? And again, not to downplay, these really are the biggest songs. But the point is, in the Hot 100, which is the 100 biggest songs, I believe, in the US, you've got some songs that are very, very old. You've got some that are like, look, they've been, uh, uh, what is it, 12 weeks on the chart at 86. Here's what you do now. You look up the songs and you get a general view of how much traffic and sales they're getting. And you start to realize it's a lot lower than people might think at the bottom of the list. It could be somewhere around in, in terms of sales, they're getting none. Then you ask yourself, but, but hold on, hold on. How are they on the list then? If it's just streams, yes. And radio airplay plays a role. So if a radio station decides to put you on rotation, good luck getting that. Well, then you're going to start getting a bunch of hits and they're going to count that very well for you. Let's say a digital streaming playlist puts you on their list. Now, you may have never heard of some of these artists and you're like, man, really? Number uh, 79 is 23 by Chase Beckham. Me, I don't know that, but I'm not, I'm not trying to drag, drag the guy. Like, congrats, for sure. I'm saying the, 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 at the bottom of the list, the amount of traffic, sales, and lessons you need are really, really low. Some of these guys, some of these artists will get like 200,000 thousand streams. That's it. And then it's funny because we're talking to the guys who are tracking this and they're like, well, it's actually 12 million. And I'm like, how's that? Well, they're on DSPs and they're on the radio. So good luck getting organic growth outside the controlled industry to actually mark, make these numbers. Sales, they don't get any. So, you know, whatever. I, I want to make sure this is very, very clear. I'm not saying I know who or, or which artists are getting propped up. Some are. Many of them actually are doing a really, really great job. So, and I mean that I'd, I'd love to be on that list as well. Rich men north of Richmond is number 94 right now. Look at that. Congrats, dude. He's about, what is it? Last week is at 81. He's been in the weeks, uh, 20 weeks on the chart. Peak position was number one. So congratulations. Some of these songs are organic, natural, and good songs. My point is that some of them, it's a dirty, dirty game being played. And ultimately my point is this, any one of these artists who wanted to make cash would sell the song. There's an argument you can make, but but yeah, uh, w w but what if someone listens to the song 
over and over again, I end up making more money. Never going to happen. Like I said, one sale is 150 streams. So uh, I'll give you some YouTube math to correlate. If I make a YouTube video, actually, let me, let me just look at my metrics right now. I'll take a look at a video. This one's got 250,000. And let's let's do an average breakdown of how, what, what I'm not going to read the specific number. All right. Well, I'll just take a look at a couple and give you a, a general correlation. It's January, too. So rates are really low. Yeah, it's hard to do. January is low ad rates. It looks like uh, 100K is doing between 500 and 1,000 bucks, I think. Is that I need to go back to like a December video. Let's 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 go. Uh, let's go back a little bit because January. No, one, there's no ad sales. Numbers go way, way down. So I, I think it's an unfair metric to use January for real. January is not a month you should track. So let's go back to and December's not either. December and January are the worst. December ad rates are multiplied and January ad rates are super low because everyone's dumping their budgets. But uh, like beginning of November, maybe October is a good, good time to track uh, rates. So let's see. One hundred fifty K. Uh, mid-October, and we're looking at about a thousand bucks. Makes sense. So it is. So it is comparable. One hundred and fifty thousand. Um, I gotta be honest. If I could have sold that video for a dollar to every person wanted to listen to it, I'd have made one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Instead, I made a thousand dollars, less than a percent. Any any artist who wanted to actually sell music would do so. Without hesitation, no question, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it. And it's because many of them are propped up. I, I assure you, Taylor Swift, if she could sell one song to a million people and take a million bucks and put it in her pocket, she'd do it. But she's making most her, most her money on uh, shows, big venues and things like this. So the play for a lot of artists right now is cross your fingers and hope the streaming platforms will put you in their algorithm and raise you up to the top and then use that marketing power to make money in other ways. So for me on YouTube and another Plax and Rumble, you really are hoping that they will prop you up in the algorithm, but it would be infinite, but infinitely better for me. And this is why we launched TimCast.com. If people went and became a member, 10 bucks per month, and you get access to all the art, art music, that, uh, music. Well, yeah, I mean, the music's free, but all the videos that I make, that would be infinitely better. But I got to tell you this, guys, there is a balance to it. I know that with on this channel, 1.2 million subscribers. And on uh, so we've got 1.2 million here. Culture War is 1. Uh, I think 5 or 1.6. Uh, or is that Timcast IRL? Timcast IRL is 1.6. Uh, Culture War is 1.3. Rumble is a combined like 800,000. There's overlap between the channels because some people subscribe to all of them. I know for a fact that if I said the next video coming up at 4 p.m., will be $2 only. What would I make? I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. I don't know. So there's a mix. I put the videos on YouTube. I make substantially less because people want to watch them for free. They don't want to pay for them. And they become a member on TimCast.com for 10 bucks a month. And I find that balance where we end up making a better amount of money. Ultimately, this is the point I want to break down with all this, because I really just wanted to talk about these numbers. I genuinely believe the music, indus- music industry is in free fall, and it's all fake and being propped up. They want you to believe certain music is popular, but I tell you, man, it's kind of wild to me to go out, and I'm, I'm at the casino, and they're playing uh, Stone Temple Pilots and stuff, and I'm like, it's kind of wild. Contemporary music, it's just not there anymore. 
So let me piss off one of my favorite bands. I'm a, I am a big fan of Paramore. Uh, I, I grew up in the, you know, look, Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, all that stuff when I was a kid. I don't listen to the, their new stuff anymore. I think Paramore has put out some good stuff recently, but a song came out from them uh, that we've criticized before about like the news. And it's like, turn on, turn off the news. It makes you feel bad, all this stuff. And there's like a positive message and a negative message and whatever. But I'm just like, I got to be honest. This is not a song people know. So I was at uh, Seminole Hard Rock in, in Miami this past weekend. And I hear the song come on and I'm like, now that's interesting to me. Why is this song on? Because I can point out a, like Ben Shapiro right now at number one is cult, more culturally relevant than the, the new song from Paramore was. But Paramore is, a, is an established major band. And so there's a couple things here. To be fair, music industry is going to say something like, we will take a risk on this song because Paramore has a proven track record. And to be to, like, to be fair, I, I love most of their music. Just this one song I don't like. There's, like. there's a couple songs from them I don't like. You're allowed to not like music. But uh, they do sell out stadiums and they do massive shows. So they're thinking we should play the song. People might like it. But the song isn't particularly culturally relevant. It's not charting well or anything. In fact, I don't even think it charted at all. Actually, let me, let me, let me check this out. Maybe, uh, I don't know how I tracked it actually because... I don't think it charted. I, I don't think it. I don't think there's a way to check it. Okay, no, I take that back. Uh, number thirty-four, U.S. hot rock and alternative songs on Billboard. Number thirty-four. Uh, cool. Well, congratulations again. I like the band. I'm just. I'm not a fan of this song. We put out five songs, and two of them charted higher than that on the same chart. My songs do not get the same play. Again, it's not all evil. It's not all because the music industry is like we're going to keep everyone out here. But there is a component of that. And the proof is that they're going to say, hey, here's a song. Let's play it in all these venues. Let's put it on all these playlists. It's an established band. I get that. They're willing to take those risks. But that means if someone like Ben Shapiro or Tom McDonald put out a song that makes a hit and the media starts attacking them, mocking them, calling it cringe and things like this, it is political. But more importantly, Let's set aside how the music industry operates right now and just say, you know what? Let them operate however they want. They cannot stop what is coming. We have a song coming out, I think, in a week or so. I don't think all of my songs are like operatic, grand, epic, the best songs ever written. I just make music. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. You don't have to like it. But we are massively successful and we command more influence than many of these artists that are charting. And yes, they have consistently tried to stop us from being able to go around the record labels. And that's the real problem. The record labels own it and control it. And they don't like outsiders, but they're losing control. So let me tell you, my friends. I want to say thank you to everybody who bought together again. We, we sold, um, I think, 27 or 28,000, which is the biggest release we've had. Uh, millions of streams. And uh, we charted lower than the other songs, because they changed the way they track. Oh, they were tracking songs. Don't worry. Everything's great. But we don't count what you did. We don't count it. Okay. We'll be back. And all that really matters is this. The left says, you're grifting. My friends, if you decide to buy a product from me, thank you. How is that grifting? That's that, that like, yo, I sell coffee at Casper.com. And people are like, I like your coffee. I'm like, thank you. Please buy more. 
<laughs> so when a guy comes out and sells a product, you're grifting. Ignore the haters. They wanted to make it political. Let's make it political. I put out a song and they insulted me for it. You don't have to like the music, but they lied about it. They played it through filters and they lied about the song and they mocked it, insulted it because they are political. And I said, OK, baby, you want to put politics into it? Let's put politics into it. And then I will tell all my friends, all my all my fans, everybody, they want to play politics. Let's play politics back by the song for no other reason other than you want to you want to fight back. I'll take it. If I can convince someone to buy a product for me that I made for a reason that they think is beneficial, then we win in the end. And so they can insult it all they want. They say Tom McDonald and Ben grifting. I say, if you like their music, buy it. And if you want to stick it to the machine who's attacking them for simply having fun and making music, buy it. And if for no other reason than to troll, buy it. You know why? Because in the end, there's only one thing that matters to the entirety of the industry. Can you command influence? Yes or no. If politics would sell music for them, they'd try it. Oh, wait, they do. Lil Nas X. They know they're not selling music to Christians. So what do they do? Crank it up, baby. Get as political as they can. Get it. Make it make it a shock content for press. Let's play the game. Factsrap.com. Buy the song. I hope. I don't think so, but I hope. I'd love to see this song. Hot 100. And it will be next week, Tuesday, when the chart should come out. And you will see Ben Shapiro as a billboard charting rapper. I'm done ranting. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Over the past several weeks, Mark Cuban has been involved in debate over diversity, inclusivity and equity in the workplace, in which Mark Cuban, who owns many companies, has explicitly stated using race and gender in the hiring practice is a good thing. Now, up until then, he was simply arguing the philosophy, which is certainly okay. I think it's wrong, but by all means, argue. And then Mark Cuban opened up massive legal exposure to all of his companies when he announced that he does use race and gender as criteria in his hiring practices, or at the very least to be as clear as possibly said, they can play a role. Now we are getting a massive, massive backlash for the man after EEOC's commissioner tweeted, you are dead wrong. You cannot use race or gender in any way. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cuban, it would appear, has exposed himself legally. I want to be careful how I say this, but I have to imagine any single one of the companies in which Cuban is involved is likely facing massive potential legal exposure. I'll put it this way. If you ever got fired or weren't hired by any one of his companies, You can sue now and say it was because of my race. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian or otherwise. Because he says 
race plays a role. That's not allowed. Here's a story from SCNR.com. You're dead wrong. Federal official tells Mark Cuban it's illegal to consider race and sex when hiring. The billionaire previously claimed race and gender can be part of the equation in his ongoing defense of DEI. Investor and television personality Mark Cuban had his business ethics called into question by United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commissioner Andrea R. Lucas. Now, I ran through the Twitter account. Looks to be as legit as legit can be. Not verified or anything, but uh, it's been around for a long time. Has posted a lot about it, so it, it seems to be uh, on the level. In recent weeks, Cuban has discussed his thoughts on diversity, inclusivity, and equity, D-I-E, the die cult, policies. On Sunday, Cuban engaged in a lengthy back-and-forth conversation on X with The Rabbit Hole, it's the name of the account, an X account with over half a million followers that describes itself as navigating the discourse in its bio. The exchange occurred after Cuban shared an NBC News article on right-wing influencers, criticism of DEI policies. Throughout the exchange, Cuban detailed his own theories and business practices, which include valuing diversity hires as an asset to placing his business in favorable positions for success. He is wrong. He is racist. And I can only say, I imagine there's going to be tremendous amount of shorting on Mark Cuban companies. Look, they're going to have to spend money on lawyers going through every possible circumstance in which Cuban may have been involved in this or anyone. When Mark Cuban comes out and says, race and gender can play a factor in hiring and they can't. That is like the legal team's probably screaming. I imagine Cuban's lawyers bashing his phone on the wall going, because now he's gonna have to go through every single time they hired or fired someone (laughs) because they have to. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take the back. Mark Cuban's lawyers probably going, woohoo, the billable hours just went through the roof, baby. Now, I imagine if you're invested in these companies, it's gonna get expensive. He said, here we go. I've only ever, I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. And yes, race and gender can be part of the equation. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. Lucas, who was appointed by former President Donald Trump, responded to the nearly day-long conversation by providing some insight into the practices of DIE policies, saying, Mark Cuban, EEOC commissioner here. Unfortunately, you're dead wrong on the black letter Title VII law. As a general rule, race and sex can't even be a motivating factor, nor a plus factor, tiebreaker, or tipping point. It's important employers understand the ground rules here. In a follow-up response, Lucas shared an August 2023 post linking to a Reuters op-ed, which suggested companies take a hard look at corporate diversity programs in the wake of last year's ruling against affirmative action by the Supreme Court. Cuban has not responded. Lucas' reply marks the latest escalation in Cuban's impassioned month-long defense of DEI practices. DEI is just another word for racism, Musk said in January 3rd post. Shame on anyone who uses it. Yet in a separate post, discrimination on the basis of race, which DEI does, is literally the definition of racism. Cuban respond, uh, reposted Mark's comment and offered to help ex-owner out by offering his own thoughts. Good businesses look where others don't. Define the employees that will put your business in the best possible position to succeed. You may not agree, but I take it as a given that there are a lot of there, there are people of various races, ethnicities, orientation that are regularly excluded from hiring consideration. By extending our hiring search to include them, we can find people that are more qualified. He added, the loss of DEI phobic companies is my gain. Mark Cuban has no idea what he's talking about. 
And there have been many people have been desperately trying to point it out to Mark Cuban why he's wrong. Mark Cuban is very wrong. And I actually uh, made my response to him explaining why he was. And I'll give you, uh, to the best of my ability, Mark Cuban's argument as to why he's actually correct and his misunderstanding of all of this. Mark Cuban's view. He said something like, I've got 30 employees. My company's doing well. And I look around and I wonder why it is all 30 are white. And I think to myself, is there something I'm missing? So I decide the next person I hire, I'll specifically look for an African-American woman who is qualified for the position. His argument being a diverse point of view can be beneficial to a company. That's true. Only problem, Mark, you're racist. I'm not saying to be mean. I'm not saying that to dig at you or get you emotionally riled up. I'm making a literal statement of fact. It is racist to assume that based on someone's race, they will or won't have particular opinions. Any person of any background can believe whatever they want. Let me do this. I responded to uh, Mark Cuban with a video that I'd like to pull up. So let me dig through my uh, my Twitter real quick so I can grab it. Breaking down exactly why Mark Cuban is incorrect. And I think his, his, his original tweet as well. Uh, it was this great video that I saw. Six black men and one white man, and they're all blindfolded. And they're trying to figure out who is the white man. It's from Jubilee, and it's an amazing video. Mark Cuban says, you start a company. Five successful years later, you realize that all of your 30 employees are white men. You decide as CEO that in order to profitably grow the company further, you need diverse perspectives. You decide to find and hire the most qualified African-American woman you can find. You good with this? You see, when you combine all of his statements, you get an overt admission of breaking the law. You decide to hire the most qualified African-American woman you can find. The most qualified African-American woman may or may not be more qualified than a Latino woman or a white woman or Asian woman. Deciding the race is illegal. But more importantly, Mark Cuban's a racist. And here's how I responded. I said, watch this video to understand. If you think skin color determines worldview, you are racist. If you hire based on that, you are racist. Six black men versus one secret white guy. Fun 20 minute video. Really did enjoy it. They say we brought together seven black black black. men. Okay, so it's seven black men. One, One of the guys is white. So here's what happens. Everyone's wearing blindfolds. One of the guys is a white dude. There he is. Look at him. They do not figure it out. They all they all talk. They all answer questions. And then at the end, they say it's silent. So raise your hand if you think this person is white. People raise their hand. Then they say, OK, you've been voted out. This guy right here, right in the middle with this uh, this this striped shirt. He's a black man. And they ask him and he's like, "Yo, my cousin went to uh, HBCU and uh, my like, come on, man, I'm black. And, they're, and then they interview the people after like, nah, he's not black. <laughs> Get him out. They vote him out. The white dude does not get voted out and wins. You know why? The white dude was adopted by a black family and raised in South Central. He sounds like and he knows what is what it's like in South Central. And so it's funny because they're like, I forgot the guy's name, Rob or whatever. Tell us, you know, about your life. And there's one point where they say, how like, how can we help advance the black community and make things better? And they're all giving their thoughts. And then this dude says something like, man, you got to stop gangbanging, y'all, because because then what? You're going to end up in jail with the guy you just slit like, man, you can't do it, dude. 
And then they're like, he's black. And it's funny because I ask him about it. And one guy's like, it sounds like I was talking to one of my cousins. He's a white guy. It's not like some white guy grew up in this like Naperville, Illinois, and then pretended to be black. He's like, I was adopted as a little kid by a black mom. I grew up only ever around black people. I went to school with only black people. It's like juvie, jail, whatever. It's only ever with black people. So everything he knows, everything. And they were like, was that hard? And he's like, I don't know. It's just the way it was. Like, it didn't, he didn't even think about it. He's just another guy hanging out with all these people. And it probably came up or whatever. This is my point to Mark Cuban. You, you have a white guy grew up in South Central and the black people are going to be like, he's black. Dave Chappelle had this really, really great uh, joke with uh, Clayton Bigsby, the, the black white supremacist, where Clayton Bigsby is blind. He's a blind black man who was raised thinking he was white. It's so smart. Dave Chappelle, such great classic stuff. And there's a scene where he pulls up and you've got three white guys in a car playing rap music. And he screams that he screams at them the N word. And then the, the three white guys are like, yo, did he just call us black? They're like, all right. Like they're white guys listening to hip hop. I thought that was always a great comment commentary on racism because it's like the black dude who's blind is a white supremacist because he can't see. And so what happens? It's the culture that he takes issue with. Mark Cuban is saying, I want diverse perspectives. Okay, then go to South Central and hire. Say we're doing a hiring fair in South Central. Guess what? You're going to get mostly black people. But you don't hire them because they're black. You hire them because they have a, a particular worldview that you think you could use. Mark Cuban can't separate race from, like, personality. He's like, nah, I got too many white guys. Okay, how about this? He says, five six successful years later, you realize all your employees are white men. One guy is from South Central. He's white because there are white people who live down there. One guy is white, but he's from Mexico. One guy is white. He's from Spain. One guy is white. He's from South Africa. All of these people from all over the world with different opinions, speaking different languages. And he's like, nope, there's no diversity because they all look the same. Racist, dude. And I'll tell you what really grinds my gears about this and exactly why it pisses me off. Because right now, there is some Asian kid, okay? Well, I should say during the, before the Supreme Court ruling on affirmative action, you got some seven-year-old low-income Asian kid and someone goes to them and says, I'm sorry, you don't get to go to Ivy League schools because you look too much like how they look. What does that have to do with who I am and what I can be? That sickens me, dude. And you know, it's because I, I personally experienced something like that. When I'm a kid growing up and I'm told, do not put Asian on any of these forms because Asians aren't a voting block. They, they'll discriminate against you. And they do. They've always done it. Asians got to score higher on the SATs. Do not mark down that you're Asian. They will be racist. Just lie and say you're Hispanic and then you'll get an advantage. What's the point? So when I look at what Mark Cuban is saying, I see scumbaggery. I see racism. I see a man. It is this, but we're so much better. It's like white supremacists with guilty consciences. He's saying successful years with 30 white men. So we're going to go find an African-American woman. You know what he's saying? He is saying that in his experience, he's not ever encountered highly qualified non-white people. That's what he's saying. The idea that you'd have to seek someone out instead of you're sitting in a business meeting and they're like, man, that guy, uh, uh, you know, Bill Smith. He's the best dang salesperson we've ever seen. I mean, this guy could run the whole department and you go bring him in. And along walks in a black man who's the best. 
That's never happened to you, Mark Cuban. It's always just white people. Look, it's entirely likely that you will often end up with very white newsrooms or very white uh, factories or very white banks or whatever, because white people are the majority of the country. So Mark Cuban saying the most qualified African-American, he's outright saying he's not looking for the most qualified. I'll tell you this. His implication that the actual most qualified person just happens to be African-American, were that true, he'd already have them. What he's saying is he has to go and seek out a black person. Okay. Well, you're breaking the law. It's uh, actually illegal. Andrea R. Lucas has uh, made that clear for all of us. Mark, uh, Mark Cuban. So I'm going to say this. If you were ever fired or hired by him, sounds like you got a big legal case. I'm going to leave it there. I'm getting the hiccups. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A clip from Law & Order Special Victims Unit is going viral. Following this clip, another clip went viral. The story. Law and Order episode features white woman who doesn't want black teen who raped her to go to prison because she's privileged and can't afford therapy. This, of course, from modernity.news. I believe this is Paul Joseph Watson's uh, page. So shout out to uh, Paul Joseph Watson. But let's read the story. I don't talk to you about the cultural issues here. A lot of people are criticizing Law and Order SVU. But I do, I do think there's some criticism here, but I do think it's really good they made this episode. By making this episode, showing this perspective, which literally exists in New York and is resulting in crime, you will have people take a look at this and better understand it. However, they try to make the, the actual perpetrator into a victim in one point in this. I think this is a, I think it's a good episode. I do. Uh, I've not seen it, but I'm saying this subject matter should be approached, should be talked about so that we can do exactly this. My friends, I love free speech. By giving us this perspective and giving us a fictionalized view of this behind the scenes, it allows us to talk about what's going on in New York. I respect it. <laughs> I think this show's gotten fairly bad, but you know, whatever. Here we go. Clips from the latest episode of Law & Order SVU are going viral because they feature a privileged white woman who doesn't want her black rapist to go to prison. But Natalie, Jay Watson raped you, the woman is told by one of the main characters. The woman responds that instead of seeking actual justice, because she is privileged and can't afford therapy and maybe one day I'll be okay, she doesn't want her rapist to serve time. Let me play the clip for you. You can hear it for yourself. And uh, of course, NBC Universal doing a tremendous job with these wacky narratives. But uh, here it is. But Natalie, Jay Watson raped you. You think I forgot? How could I? This entire trial has been an exercise in reminding me. And this is your chance to do something about it. I am going to. Believe me. Because I can, I can afford therapy. I have that luxury. And maybe one day I'll be okay. But if that teenager goes to prison, he may not be. Ever. You know, I got to be honest. <laughs> I don't want she's crying more that the perpetrator might go to prison than that he brutally raped her. Yo, this is wild. Hey, look, the world is not black and white. It's absolute. I do want to at least make the point 
Yeah, sending people to prison doesn't solve the problem. Our prison systems are totally broken. Trump recognized this, has talked about it extensively, tried to bring about legitimate prison reform. So I can respect an argument that says something like, I don't know that this will solve the problem sending this guy to prison. However, you want to know why we do send him to prison so that he doesn't do it again to somebody else, lady. That's why I love this episode. I love this clip going viral. It's not about you. It's not about we don't listen. I do not believe we we have a functioning prison system because our sole issue is this man must be punished. I don't like punishment. That doesn't do anything. Retribution. blah. blah. We want rehabilitation and a removal from society. I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to play these overly emotional games where I say, I want retribution. Make me feel better. I don't care. Okay. A wrong was committed. It must be righted in the best way possible. Now, justice sometimes, often, in fact, does involve retribution and emotional satisfaction. And that is a large component. We can't ignore that. We want people to feel things because that is what makes you human. What I mean is I want people to feel fear. Commit a crime, you go to jail. I want people to feel relief. The bad guy had something bad happen to him. But it has to make sense. That being said, first and foremost, despite the fact that our prison systems are broken, no question, I still lock them up. You don't want this guy to attack another woman. So we create a box to put you in because you're dangerous. I'm not a fan of these victimless crimes, and I'm not a fan of police in these big cities, not arresting lower level criminals. You got to do it. Later on, they say in another scene, the black teenager admits to raping Natalie, but complains that nobody paid any attention to anything I did, not at home, not at school. I always felt kind of invisible. So why would this be any different? After playing the victim card, despite raping a woman, the teenager is told it's never too late, Mr. Watson. You'll do time, but not your whole life. And when you get out, you'll still have some runway ahead of you. You know, it's absolutely wild. Let me play this. This one's this one's super cringe. I'm listening, Mr. Carter. Go ahead, Jay. So cringe. That girl, Natalie. I did what she said. She ain't lying. Okay. I took something. Something I can't get back. It was just supposed to be a robbery. But when I saw her, my whole life, nobody paid attention to anything I did. Not at home, not at school. Always felt kind of invisible, you know? So why would this be any different? What I did to Natalie, I did change her life forever. <laughs> so I guess I finally learned my lesson. Just too late. <laughs> it's never too late, Mr. Watson. You'll do time. Not your whole life. When you get out, you still have some runway ahead of you. Taking responsibility for what you did is only the first step. 
speak to Miss Ross. That's stupid. You know it's really stupid. I, I feel like anybody who's actually grown up in a city and knows this is the funniest thing. It's the funniest thing. I got to tell you. Everybody knows I'm from Chicago. I'm from the South Side. Ain't no circumstance I've ever experienced where a dude who commits a crime like that walks up to the cops and goes, you know, all my life I felt ignored. You want to know what the people in my neighborhood uh, in the South Side of Chicago would do when you get stopped by cops? Uh, and it's not a racial thing. The way the, the way the way people uh, talk on the South Side, it's, it's it's these upper upper middle class liberal affluent white liberal, what is it affluent white female liberals awfuls, that's what they call. That's what, at least that's what I'm told, dude. Kid in my neighborhood gets caught stealing something. You know what they do? They say nothing. They never admit to anything. They never confess to anything. And when they're in court, they'd be like, man, this is bold. I, like, this is stupid, man. No, I didn't do nothing. That's what they say. That's it. That's it. This idea that some dude's going to commit a robbery and a rape and then be like, you know, my whole life I was invisible. I learned my lesson just too late. What? Nobody says that. And you know what else? Like, I I'm sorry. Like, what is this story? The kid, he's wearing a suit, right? Yeah, he's wearing a suit. Man. Ah, uh, it's just mind-numbing. Fine. This happened in some affluent suburb or something. Is that the point that they're trying to make here? I got to be honest. I didn't see the whole episode. And so, so fine, fine. Let it be their unique circumstance. I'm just saying. White dude in my neighborhood shot and killed two people because a gang told him to do it. Unity says to the police, yes. He didn't learn any lessons. Yeah. Like you're going to go to juvie for until you're 18 because he was like, I think it was like 10. I don't even know. OK, but that's it. You know why? Because he knew that was the that was the plan. The gangs go to these kids and they say, we got these people that, you know, they got to be taken out. They say, if you do it, you're out by your time. You're 18. And then bang, we got your back. That's what you got to do. And while you're in, we know people they will take care of you. What are you doing anyway? What's your life? What's your dreams? What's your goals? What are you focused on? What are you scared of losing? They got nothing they're scared of losing. Jail's another place to be. It's like I wake up, I'm sitting around, I'm doing nothing. I got what else is going on? This is what my group of people wants. I do it, your gang or whatever. You go to jail and now you're still with your gang, just in a different place for now. What's the difference? If you don't go to school, you get arrested. If you get arrested, you're locked up anyway. The whole system is stupid and is busted and it's broken. That I can agree with. But you know what, man? So be it. Get out of these cities if you don't want to be in these cities. I know a lot of people want to save the cities. I can respect it. But I'm like, let this lady, let them play this game. And then when it's them. I was at a party once and there was a uh, man. I was like 20. And there was this uh, woman. She was, uh, I don't know, 21 or something. She's like five foot three, five, four, you know, not super skinny or anything. And there's this guy who's like 6'1", and he's like pretty built. And everyone's laughing and joking, and everyone's drinking, having a good time. And the dude, as a gag, he like, everyone was friends. He sees the girl, and he puts his arms around her and picks her up. She starts shrieking and freaking out. And he's laughing and drunk. 
and he puts her down and the guys are like, dude, chill out. He's joking. And she's screaming and freaking out and she storms out. And uh, it was kind of crazy. The reason? She didn't like being powerless. She didn't like uh, this. Is what This is what they had said, like, you know, so some of the girls that were at the party, I was like, why is she screaming and freaking out? She's like, because a big guy grabbed her and she couldn't do anything about it. He was joking. He thought it was funny. He wasn't hurting her. He was he gave her like a bear hug and it picked her up. And it was just a bunch of people goofing off. But to her, she couldn't break free. She could do nothing. And this, this girl was like, you don't understand what that's like. I'm like, Wait, I've been in a fight before. What the fuck? I've been pinned down and put in like a, a, a submission or whatever. I was like, I guess the difference is, I don't know. I get mad. Like she was freaking out. She was crying. And I'm like, man, I guess I get it. I don't know. Men and women are different. You know what I mean? This idea that this woman in this movie is going to be like, yes, this happened to me and I'll eventually be okay. I'm like, I don't know about that. I think that's like lifelong trauma. This lady should be carrying a gun. Registered. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Is she in New York? <laughs> she can't have one of those. She did. The show would be very different. You know what we should do? We should make a show called Law and Order. And, you know, I, I, guess, I guess we can't. We can call it Order Within the Law. Order Under the Law. We can do a spoof where they're talking to her and they're like, it's not your fault. He raped you. And she's like, I know. I'm just glad I had the gun to defend. Or no, that wouldn't work. She would be like, he tried to rape you. I know. So I shot him. <laughs> like That's it, dude. It's wild that the narrative is even this. Because if they made the narrative, they could have done something different. It could have been them being like, listen, we know he did this. You need to help put him away. And no one should be like, you are the ones who enforce unconstitutional gun laws, protect preventing me from protecting myself from these people. It's so crazy in these liberal cities. Not only can you not have a gun, you can't have anything. Like in Illinois for a while, like the only legal weapon was a rubber switch. That is, it's a long rubber stick with a ball thing you can whack, whack people with. Like batons are illegal. Knives bigger than a certain length are illegal. Guns are illegal. But then we got, um, what, did, what was what was it? Uh, Bruin was the recent one. I don't know. We had that uh, 2000 Heller Heller. And now it's like you can have guns. That was kind of crazy. That was kind of crazy. So things are changing, man. I just hope that uh, you recognize what society is telling you. Is who's like, I, I don't I don't get a message out of this. I do think they propagandize the perpetrator. I mean, come on, show show people law and order, but do like actual cops, like do a real law and order with the south side of Chicago. And you're going to be like, man, these people should be in prison. They don't know. They don't care. And like we just had that guy attack the judge. You saw that one? Look, there are bad people, man. They exist. If these people in these cities want to live in this world where the victims are articulate and just made an innocent mistake, dude, that's rape. Lock them up. Sex offender. But let these affluent white female liberals choose to live in this world. For, okay, that's the world you live in. It's all yours. Wild. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see y'all then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.